Welcome to this week's edition of Debriefing the Law. I am Joel Oster. I am Chris Marone. Hey, Chris. I was glad to see that you are still in your Halloween getup. I assume yep. you went last night as Andy Reid. Is that my... Is that who oh, you, you, you dressed up as? Usually it's every Halloween I go as Andy Reid. It's my it's my go-to costume. I pull out my Chiefs gear from its slumber, and I dust off all of the, the mothballs and all that jazz, and I roll out. It's my Andy Reid stuff. So but let me I just... I did see a lot of Kelsey's and Mahomes and Taylor Swift's this Halloween. That was there. quite the popular costume around my neighborhood. There you go. So how many people do you think went by your house last night asking for candy? We had a couple hundred. Couple hundred. Yeah. That is good to hear because yep. in my neighborhood, I think maybe, maybe 15. That, that's tough. And I bought a lot of candy, which means, <laughs> yeah, I am going to be eating a lot of um, junk Ooh, food for breakfast delicious. now. Delicious. Well, we do. We've we've kind of cultivated over the past few years, even with COVID, is we did we do Halloween block parties, and the kids have just kind of figured out that if they come to Megan and I's house, which is where the block party usually takes place, because we have the tables and the chairs, and we're cooking hot dogs and chili and all sorts of stuff, that they just drive in, unload right in front of our house, they get eight houses in one shot, and then they're gone. Well, see, that makes that makes sense. Uh, in, yeah. in my neck of the woods, it was, I think, 20 degrees, 25 degrees Ooh. last night. So oh. you, you weren't doing many block parties in the driveway. Right. Uh, it was cold. And I really saw no costumes. I, I saw a bunch of coats uh, come up. To, <laughs> I see a bunch. 15. I, 15 I think a kids. lot of parents were bribing their kids. Hey, why don't we just go to the grocery store and I'll buy you a bag, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's save the so frostbites cool. uh, this morning. So, hey. I, I, but I, I, you can really tell if you are a true Halloween celebrator by mm-hmm. did your dogs wear costumes last night? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, 100%. All right. 100%. What did your manly pit bull, ferocious beast dress up as? So we did a mock Bucky's. And if you're familiar with Bucky's, it is a very large convenience store, gas station like a target rolled into a a really nice gas station sort of thing. Target slash amusement park. Yeah. Right. Right. So we had a giant six foot tall Bucky's out front. We did a mock Bucky's inside with a food counter. Megan and I were dressed up as Bucky's employees and Daisy was also in a Bucky's shirt and hat and apron. There you go. All Bucky's employees. Oh my goodness. You gotta, you gotta send pictures. Uh, I sure took pictures. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I got a few that I can send you your way. Wow. That is, yeah. And Bucky's is one of my favorite places. So I probably yep. should have stopped by your house last night. It would have been worth it. I put Bucky's on my GPS. I, I, that's Those are my gas stops. I plan them yep. before I ever take the trip. Hey, Bucky's is not sponsoring this podcast, but they but, should. Hey, Bucky's, send us some yep. money our way because we are promoting your wonderful, uh, I think it's actually a, a, a bathroom stop first. I think it started as a bathroom stop and then everything else just mm-hmm. kind of went along with it. They do advertise themselves as having the, the best um uh bathrooms maybe in the, in the nation I, you see these signs as you approach a hundred miles out you see these signs promoting the buckies and one of them said potty like a rock star and yes. that's a really good um uh yeah sign. they're amazing right. and they the and the little lesser known fact is they pay their employees really 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 well now i don't know about lesser known fact because they they 
promote that on all their gas pumps. But yes, yeah. they they when I saw how much they pay their their right. store manager, yeah, I went, why did I get a law degree? This is amazing. Really, two hundred and fifty grand or whatever yeah. it was. It is, the, yeah. their, their food line manager made one hundred and twenty five thousand, one hundred fifty thousand a year. It's amazing the how much. Assistant car wash manager makes one hundred and twenty five a year in there random areas of Texas, which can go really far. Wow. Yeah, you, you know what? Uh, if this podcast ever flames Time, out, yeah. and now I know where I can go <laughs> work. Uh, I can clean up the bathrooms there, and uh, yeah. probably make a killing. All yeah. right. Well, I, I do want to say, hey, we this podcast is brought to you by Comedian of Law. Of course, we do CLEs yep. that educate and entertain. If you need CLEs, check out our website. But more importantly, Chris, we are now Ooh. on our website. We have an ad promoting our Mediterranean cruise. We're taking a cruise Beautiful. next to September. Why? Because I like to take cruises. It's yeah, going to be a I lot of fun. It's going to be a trials of the centuries motif. We're going to go back to where it all began, the trial of Socrates. And Ooh. I think the trial of Socrates is such an amazing trial to study. Those issues still impact our legal system today. The, the yeah. trial of Socrates happened in about 400 or so. I'm using a rough number there. Right. Uh, I think it's more like, a, well, three. let's just say 400 BC is when yep. the trial of Socrates took place. And um, I think those issues still plague us today. Yeah, they do. First of all, if you went to law school or if you have ever watched movies, you know about what's called the Socratic method. Oh. Chris, did you experience the Socratic method in law school? It's still play. You know what? I did. And then you get so like hurt by it. Like it, it puts you in such a level of hyper stress that the minute I started teaching, I used the Socratic method. There you go. If so I had to suffer, you have to suffer. <laughs> for you non-lawyers out there or those who had not watched the movie, I forget the movie that... Uh, highlighted the Socratic method, but uh, it was some movie where they was in a law school paper chase. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. But in any event, it's where you're in a law school class of let's just say 100 people, and you don't really know when your time is going to be called. Sometimes you do. That might be a modified Socratic version. But basically, the professor asks you to stand up in front of the rest of the class and will ask you to defend a certain case decision one way or the other. So you don't really know when you're going to be called. And you have to have read the case and understand it to the, to the degree that you can converse and defend either side in front of the the entire class and so it's it's the things that, that nightmares are made of since we're talking about halloween why not it's very it's very scary oh my gosh it's well so chris scary. i am sure you are aware of this but a lot of people are not the socratic method do you know where that comes from could it be socrates there you go you see could, it, maybe maybe i think there's a connection between socratic and socrates yes i think yep. there is a connection there uh and so um that's where we get it. that's what he did in his day he loved just sit there on his bar stool his perch wherever he liked to teach his class and then his little minions there in front of him one of which yep. was a uh, play-doh and he liked to, uh, you know, make fun of them and quiz yeah. them on what they did not know. And that's how he liked to prove you were a fool or an idiot because he could just point out uh, how, how idi idiotic you are by asking you questions that you did not know how to answer. Seriously. He just loved to hammer that down. So we are going to go to the, where the Socrates trial took place. Also, Ooh. I think the issues that plagued um, uh, Gre ancient Greece 
and, mm-hmm. and uh, still plague our society today. In fact, that's going to be our first discussion we're going to talk about. And that is the issue of, are we governed by pure democratic principles or are we governed by, let's just call them philosopher kings, you know, where, where there's yeah. certain people out there who know better than us, so they make decisions for us. So are we governed by, by pure democracy where we vote and are the majority rules or, or is it that, no, we have some people who are just smarter than the rest of us and they can make better decisions. And Chris, there is a correct answer, but I'm just curious. What is your thoughts on that question? The latter. You think the, it's the latter? I do think it's the latter. I don't think that we have de- direct democracy control over anything. Yeah, I vote for, I can vote depending on the gerrymandered district or the congressional map that may have been rejected several times by the Supreme Court. I might be able to vote on somebody that can be elected, but once they're elected, I I take the absolute position that special interests run whatever they do well back so. in those days it, you had uh ancient uh, it, at athens they believed in pure democracy hey take a right. vote 51 percent versus 49 okay the 59 percent right. wins and that's how we're going to yeah. uh, decide the matter there in sparta they believed in an oligarchy where they had these yep. philosopher kings where it was just a, a small group of individuals and they knew better than everyone else so they made the decisions the american way is both of them we have incorporated both into our system the house right. of representatives right that would be a pure a pure democracy kind of form we you would vote for your representatives uh and if whoever gets the most votes yep. they then get yep. put and they they serve on the um uh in the house of Whatever. representatives yep. Yep. the president is done via an electoral college it's a little bit different uh yep. where you vote for electors who then vote for the president we have a supreme court they're not even voted in at all yet they make right. decisions that impact all of our lives so we have a lot of these different principles at play that's why I always find it entertaining or interesting when I hear idiots in the news say things that they know nothing about. So this morning I woke up at four o'clock and I was reading this article lambasting my boy, Mike Johnson, the newly elected speaker of the house. And they were lambasting him for him saying, we don't have a democracy. We have a constitutional Republic. And this writer was going, Oh, I can't believe what an idiot Mike Johnson is to say. We don't, America doesn't have a democracy. Of course we have a democracy. It's the American democracy. No, go, go take a poli side course. We have right. a constitutional Republic. It's different. It incorporates democratic principles, but it's not a pure democracy. So how you is that? really need to stop reading Fox news in the morning, man. That is really <laughs> just play. And why are you up at 4am? What, what in the, what good gracious, Joel, hey, you live I am, in a time zone where you don't have to do that. I want to get a head start on my wordle. So I get up at 4am so I can beat. I think if you, the person who finishes first wins wordle, I, that's no matter my, what, no matter how many guesses it takes, as long as you finish first, it's all going to beat right, everyone enough. else that I play. Yeah. I'm looking at you, my brother and my son. Uh, <laughs> and so, um, I, I can beat you first with wordle. Then I, it doesn't matter. It took me the rest six of the guesses. day. Is fine. That's okay. right. But no, it wasn't Fox News because this was you might have missed it, Chris. This was very derogatory towards Mike Johnson. <laughs> so you know it would not have been on Fox News. But that being said, Mike Johnson was right. It is a constitutional yeah. republic, not a democracy. But that being said, 
this last week, my boy Mike Johnson has been under yeah. a lot of attack because I really took umbrage to to mm -hmm. this one article that I read. I, I, it was um, Pulaski said it. Uh, I probably butchered her name, but you think I think you know who I'm Jen talking Psaki, about? Yes, the former Secretary of uh, the Press. Right, exactly. Yeah, and and she said that Mike Johnson is an extremist. Now, Chris, let me tell you why I have a problem with that. Because he's your boy. I am Mike Johnson. I mean, we worked together. I know how he views this world. We have right. very similar worldviews. And uh, also, I dare I say that Barack Obama has very similar worldviews. But let me just unpack. You yeah. grow up in... See, Slow yeah, it down. I did Slow it, it down. You grow up in middle of America. You're God-fearing. Yeah. You go to right. a normal church, a Southern Baptist, a Nazarene church, whatever, a Catholic right. church. You're brought up in the breadbasket. You're God-fearing. You go to church. You raise a family. You pay uh -huh. your taxes. And now those are extremist views in America. No. Can we just Joel. tone down the political rhetoric? No, 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 no. You described a picture that is not Mike Johnson. It is Mike Johnson. That's that the thing. The press will send a false a narrative of, of what Mike Johnson is. I know Mike Johnson. I'm glad that you know Mike Johnson, but Mike Johnson was also on the Trump train of overthrowing the 2020 election. And let me Mike tell Johnson, you why Mike Johnson, Mike Johnson was right. He's not right, Joel. No, no Trump. We, he is not right. The, the, during the election, I agreed with challenging the election results because they changed the rules by not going through the state legislatures, by going through the um, uh, the, the administrative branches of various states. They changed the way in which the elections were done. I believe that violates the constitutional structures on how you do federal elections. Now, the problem is that argument gets thrown in with the crazy Trumpers that say, oh no, people who were dead for, there's like thousands of people who were dead for years voting. Oh, okay, that's bogus. Trump Mike made that up. I get perpetuated that. Perpetuated that lie as well. That, Mike, that's Mike wasn't up there going, no, 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 it's actually the state legislature. No, Mike was up there with the, you, you take it all in, man. If you're going to ride the Trump train, you're taking all of the Trump train. And, and, and Mike and if is. You, nah, see, Mike is a normal, middle-of-the-road person. If you He's not normal. If he were here, you'd be going, hey, Mike, let's watch the game. You would chit-chat. you think, I, Mike, I think you're doing great with your family. You're doing great with your business. Mike is not an extremist. But the Mike, fact that we throw him in there shows our political discord is crazy. I don't think so because Mike also believes that homeless he he compared him and his wife through their counseling foundation through their counseling business they compared homosexuality to pedophilia incest and bestiality now that, comparing is a very rough thing to say because how do you, you compare there's so many different things uh, that can be uh, used as a comparator when you make that statement but do you know who else was against homosexual marriage there's a Barack Obama was oh, against homosexual marriage look up Bill Joel. Clinton. Joel, full stop. There is a difference between being against gay marriage and comparing it to crimes of bestiality and incest and pedophilia. You know there's a difference. I know there's a difference. There is a huge difference between being politically against gay marriage, which is the wrong place to be, and Barack Obama was wrong for it, and Bill Clinton was wrong for it, and everyone else was wrong for it, than comparing it to things that we as a society has deemed so sexually deviant that it is a crime. There was that all... is an extreme stand. And you're not going to talk me off this ledge, Joel, because you think, yes, I could have a, I could sit down and watch a game with, 
with with anybody, with Mike, with with any. I can sit down with Mitch McConnell and watch a game with him. That does not mean that they're not an extremist. That means that I know how to bite my tongue in a situation and not beat the crap out of people that need to get the crap beat out of them. And I think okay. if you were to take a look at Barack Obama and you say, oh, my goodness, he actually was opposed to gay marriage and thought that they did not have the right to marry, then Barack Obama has extremist views when it comes to gay marriage. No, because that's what he, he held. You are, again, Joel, this is a false narrative. You are comparing the idea of being against gay marriage as a policy standpoint to a man who thinks that that homosexuality is the same as bestiality and incest and he pedophilia. He did not say they're the same. He I talked it- to my- I talked to Mike talk about to that way back want. when. He, way and, back when. That hasn't that literally was on their counseling website as of this week. That him and his like, wife. I would like to see that. the quote, and then I'd like to see when that quote was actually put up there and who put it up there. Was it a site? Himself. Something else that people his said. Fam- no, it's literally on their counseling website that him and his his wife's counseling business and they subscribe to. Right. Look, but I, I would like to see the actual quote because I have heard quotes that would say things like when you're talking about the precedent that is being set uh, for one matter, that precedent also would lead to other matters being legalized or, or true. Is that the context in which it was mentioned or is it mentioned that? Yeah, it's the 100 percent the same thing. Because they're, they're two different. Even, I have heard him say even things. If, even if he says, if you legalize gay marriage, then you have to legalize pedophilia, bestiality, and and incest, that's an extreme thing. That no, is an no, that account. actually is a, someone's a uh, accounting of what the law would then allow. No, it and, wouldn't. It would not allow that. That is the slippery slope. Again, an argument fallacy not, that we deal in every day. Mike Johnson perpetuates that. The man is an extremist and needs to be taken out of office. And I hope he is not elected again by the people of Louisiana because they're smarter than that. That is He not, is going to – oh, my gosh, he is – I'm getting fired up because it's 4 a.m. here, Joel. <laughs> that is not an extremist view. If you hold the position that setting a legal precedent will impact other things down the road, that's just a legal argument. That is not that's a radical not, view. It is a slippery slope that is unconscionable. I mean, I could say that you have the right to free speech, even though I know that that right will then also lead to some crazy person down the road expelling speech. I have no approval of whatsoever, but I still could defend the right to free speech because when you legally are talking about certain issues, it will set precedent and open up doors for other things. And the opposite is also true. When you shut the doors on one kind of speech, you shut the doors on future speech. So talking about how the precedent impacts other things, I, that's not an extremist view. It is an extremist view. It's not. T- See, now you're now you're splitting hairs for Mike Johnson. He came out and specifically said, and I'm looking up the quote right now, and I'm going to forward it over to you, that homosexuality is the same as pedophilia is the same. And, and this is the same lie that has been perpetuated by the far right for many, many, many years to demoralize and to diminish the the growth and the rights of homosexual couples in this country. And the fact that Mike Johnson still doubles down on the fact that, yeah, I believe that, is an extremist view. Also, an extremist view that he blames school shooting on feminism, on the rise of women going to work. Like, these no. these these ideas that he is expounding are extremists and have no real bearing on American society. Like, the... Mm, 
man, boy, howdy, nah, getting I'm, fired up here. I'm, I'm telling you, he's not. Can we just talk about sports? I'm telling you, he's not that way. This is how the media takes things out of out of uh, context and tries to demonize people. If you were to sit down and talk to Mike Johnson, he is a normal, middle-of-the-road American who just wants the best. He he works hard. He pays mm-hmm. his taxes, and he's a God-fearing man. That is does not make him nope. an extremist. It is much it, as Barack Obama saying, "I am for gay marriage," it. makes him an extremist. Stop it, Joel. You know, and this is getting a little much. He is nowhere near the type of good man that Barack Obama is. Not oh. even I'm not even putting no, no, up. No, no, no. Mike no. Johnson can no. sit down. He can't even stand in the shadow of Barack Obama. No. I am not going to have this conversation where you're going to compare Mike Johnson to Barack Obama because they're not the same. They're not in the same category. They're not even in similar categories. You can be against you can be against gay marriage, which Barack Obama was, and then changed his position when presented with actual evidence and policy about it. Whereas Mike Johnson has been presented with the same policies and still double downs on the fact that the Bible says, which by the way, is also a scary thing because I don't want any person in our country quoting a religious text when they're determining whether or not laws should or should not pass. But that that's the fact that he cites religious text is just showing how his composition is. You you are not handicapped from or disqualified from accepting public office because you have your religious identity. That does not make you, you are a, handicapped unfit. when you are legislating your religious identity into law. No, no, you, you can pass for laws and your motivations for why you have a certain worldview. Some people, have, they go to church, they form, form mm-hmm. a certain worldviews about murder, about how to treat the other people. That that impacts how you vote. JFK said the same thing. Um, that you, yes. And the fact that he's you, open and honest about it actually is better because now we have transparency. We know what motivates him, but there is no religious test for, for holding public office. No, and there shouldn't be. But what there also shouldn't be is that I believe in the Bible, and the Bible says homosexuality is bad. So I am going to legislate against homosexuality. Well, I would I would agree that um, um, uh, when it comes to 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 certain issues, things do change o- over time. You, your your opinions can uh, change. But I'm telling you, Mike Johnson is just as out. out- out, upstanding of an individual as any other politician you want to throw out there. And I think that the fact they demonize Mike Johnson, in my mind, makes me rethink, huh, you know what? The right also demonized Barack Obama. Now, maybe they were also being equally as unfair in saying Barack Obama was a, uh, you know, an extremist, which I know the right said that about Barack Obama. Maybe that was just as disingenuous as the left now saying Mike Johnson is a is a radical and an extremist. Maybe we just need to stop the extremist labels and just debate the issues. So I, I do believe that when it comes to the issue of labeling other people as extremists, I do think that it actually is divisive. Now, I will point out, I did go down to Springfield, Illinois this last week to do some research on the Lincoln, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, his, his last Lincoln murder trial. And I read the old news clippings about the trial. And yeah. Lincoln, of course, was a political figure at, in that time. And he actually was being considered uh, as a candidate for the president of the United States. And mm-hmm. the news reporting of this murder trial was blatantly over the top partisan. And that kind of shocked me. In fact, one newspaper blamed the other newspaper of partisan covering of this murder trial. And my yeah. thought was, well, it's because Lincoln is a political figure. That 
So this idea of political discord in the media is not new. It's not like we live in a unprecedented times. Back in right. Lincoln's day, they also were uh, labeling each other as being partisan hacks in the local newspapers. So that being said, yeah, I'm yeah. never going to get my wish of a nice uh, speech policy. But hey, I, I guess you, uh, I, I could hope. All right. Hey, our next topic here, speaking of good speech policies, Chris, I am on a roll here for my, my transitions today. I am just nailing You're killing this. it. You're killing it. All right. Because the NFL has violated its, my you know, good speech policy. Here's what happened. The University of Houston, it's a Little college known. team. Yes, they Little are. Known. They are now in the Big 12. Uh, and so yeah. we welcome them because they have a lot of losses this year. Maybe one day they'll actually learn how to win some games here. I don't know. But the University of Houston wore some powder blue uniforms uh, this season a couple times. And that really ruffled some feathers of the Tennessee Titans. Now, you might be saying, why would this ruffle the feathers of the Tennessee Titans? In fact, it ruffled their feathers so much that Tennessee Titans sent a cease and desist letter to the University of Houston, demanding that they stop wearing their powder blue uniforms. Let me read a little bit from this cease and desist letter because, well, it violates my good speech dumb. policy. All right. They're dumb. In this letter, it said the Houston Cougars attempt to free ride on the popularity of the NFL and the club violates the intellectual property rights of the NFL and the Tennessee Titans, wrote attorney Bonnie Jarrett in an October 13th letter. And so in it, she said that the, the Euler design, the, the Houston Oilers design is among the most famous and valuable NFL marks. Now you might be asking, how would the powder blue uniforms violate the Tennessee Titans intellectual property rights? Well, if you remember back in the old year, not quite back to Lincoln's days, but pretty close, <laughs> 1996, the Houston Oilers were wow, so upset yeah. with the city of Houston and this fan yeah. base, they hightailed it out of town. They moved to Tennessee and it became the Tennessee Titans. They changed yep. their name. I think it actually took them a couple of seasons, but they they changed their name and they changed their uniform. Yeah, that's a generation ago. That's before my kids were born. It's been that long since the Houston Oilers were a thing. But you know, Earl <laughs> Campbell ran running back for the the Houston Oilers. They were wow. a great team. I watched them back in the day. Earl Warren, uh, Earl um, Warren Moon was their, yeah. their quarterback, a great quarterback. Yeah, also, Kenny Stabler. Wow. So the issue is, why would the NFL care if this college team wears powder blue uniforms and are they shooting themselves in the foot, giving themselves a very black eye by attacking a, a college, a lowly college team saying, Hey, look, you're stealing from us. You're uh, what was the, the word here? They're they, um, attempting free a free ride on the popularity yeah. of the NFL. No, they're not. If, yeah, if I don't anything, know. They're paying homage to the fact that Houston Oilers used to be beloved in the city. This isn't, free riding on the NFL's trademark. Uh, you know, so I'm involved in youth sports around Arizona. Um, and all of, all of the leagues that I'm involved in, including my special Olympics baseball that I coach, we all use Tennessee Titans, Green Bay Packers, San Francisco Giants, Cincinnati Reds. We, we use them all and we don't pay an homage fee. We don't pay a licensing fee. We buy their gear and we put, you know, 
Diamondbacks across the front of our jerseys and we wear the the Arizona Diamondbacks hats. We go to Dick's Sporting Goods or Big Five and we buy out a bunch of hats and all that stuff. And we wear it as our sports team. And the NFL's not not coming my direction. They're not they're not they're not attacking the the you know the D twelve twelve year old football league that's wearing the Tennessee Titans like verbatim, like I, copy I, paste. I think it's worth noting that the Houston Cougars have not created jerseys with this powder blue uniform. They were not in any way trying to sell these right. powder blue uniforms they're, and make people think they're buying a Houston Oilers, Oilers throwback jersey. That being said, Chris, who this would? is a legal podcast. Right. And, and so let's analyze who is right when it comes to their legal position. Is the NFL right or uh, is the um, the Houston Cougars correct? Hey, maybe now, it should be a new segment that we do. Who's right? Maybe. maybe I, I think it's more who's legal, right? Because right could be a degrees of morality, right? Is it right to do this? Is it wrong to do this, right? But is it legal? Who has who okay. retains the legal rights? There you go. The, leg- the legality. And and honestly, like, I think that the Tennessee Titans have a claim to copyright infringement against. I, I was looking at the uniforms. It was very reminiscent of the Houston Oilers, I think. But I don't. I Let's don't think, think about that a right. little bit. Let's unpack that here a little right. bit. So the issue is first the issue is going to be a long time has passed. Do they still right. own the rights to the Houston Oilers? Well, there is a concept in copyright and trademark law there that is. if you stop using your mark, a, yeah. a mark, you lose the right to that mark. Right. That being said, you don't have to use it much. And I'm going to assume mm-hmm. that Tennessee Titans have continued to sell jerseys somewhere, throwback jerseys. Oh, at the stadium. To the Houston Oilers, right. So they I'm do. assuming they still have They still have Moon's jersey up there. You can go into the team store. I I only know this, Joel, because I've gone to a Tennessee Titans game in the last five years. Okay. Um, that you could still get the Moon Houston Oilers jersey. You could still buy the old school Oilers hats at go. the team store. That being said, so even though it's minimal use, that counts for them to protect that mm-hmm. copyright and trademark. Okay, so we get past that. The next issue then is going to become: Does the Houston Oiler or do the Tennessee Titans have a trademark right? Mm-hmm. in the old Houston jerseys. Now, when I say that, it, it, it's complicated because what they're, they, they aren't actually wearing Houston Oilers jerseys. If they were mm-hmm. actually wearing Houston Oilers jerseys, that'd be a different story. Right. They're, they're not. They, they've modified them in some ways. And so uh, what ways did they modify them? Well, first of all, it says Houston right across the front. Right. Those of you listening can't see. I just actually made a motion right across the front of my chest, like where the, the super my Superman S normally would be. Uh, they have the, the word Houston written. They do. If you look at the old Houston Oilers jersey, it does not say nope. Houston on it, so it is different uh, in in the scope. All right, is it the same powder blue? Yeah, yes. I, I, I'm not a, a, yeah, a yeah, yeah. fine person with with color, but l- from my perspective, it's the same powder blue. Okay, can you get a copyright to a color? No, no. you cannot get a Nebraska can't get a copyright on red. They, too many people right. wear the color red, and so mm-hmm. you they can't get a copyright. And, and the copyright law oh. is called uniqueness. Is that color unique? No, it, it's could, not. Could you see? Like the USPTO allowing colors to be like to be trademarked, and then like the Bloods and the Crips are are rolling up, going no 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 no. We had first use of blue and red, 
NFL, you have to pay us royalties right. for every time you use blue and red. Yes. Like, no, that, oh, some legal mind somewhere would copyright gold. So you can't get every time. So you can't get a copyright on powder blue. So the next right. issue then is going to be, okay, it's not the same, but is there is there likelihood of confusion? Would someone right. look at that jersey and think that it's actually a jersey for the Houston Oilers? Well, again, right. I would say no because it says the word Houston across the front and the Houston Oilers jerseys do not say Houston across the front. Also, I am taking a look at the entire uniform because these That's people are wearing the entire uniform. They're on, right. on the field. They're not selling these jerseys on some kind of shelf somewhere. Right. They're actually wearing them on the field and they have their helmets and their helmets do not have the oil rig that the Houston Oilers had. In fact, right. it said Houston across the side of the helmet. Now, Chris, yep. I actually, this actually happened to me way back in the day. I saw the Houston Cougars jersey. And, I was just looking at it, yeah. Yeah, and, and I thought, is that the Houston Oilers jersey? And I saw I Houston written across the side of the helmet, and I said, no, it's not, because it's not the oil rig. So I don't think there's likelihood of confusion. But I can see how that's a, a debatable issue. I mean, that would be something yeah. for the jury to say, is there likelihood of confusion here? So that being said, why is the NFL being a bully to this college? Any thoughts? So I think... A couple things. You're right. And in, in looking at the jerseys, I first cursory look and I was like, oh, it looks like the Oilers. I'm also of the age that knew the Oilers when they were in existence. So there's that. But I think also small college NFL. This isn't about the trademark. It is about the NFL asserting dominance over things that they feel they should have control over. Whether whether or not this goes to a, a trial, a USPTO trial to start, and then a jury trial to follow up, Houston College doesn't have the money to right. defend itself against the NFL. So this is the the NFL could have gone anywhere and tacked on anyone and hit anyone with these types of you know logo infringements. Right? Anytime someone uses the word giant or right. uses the uses the uses a they could have went after SeaWorld for the dolphin. Right. Right. They they could and there's organizations that this is how they make their money right they they say they have a mark and they sue everybody for the the copyright infringement of the mark hoping to put them out of business. I don't think the NFL is trying to put the University of Houston out of business. I just think that they want to control what teams wear at all times. Yeah, Thanks, and it, Goodell. It's a bullying tactic by the NFL, knowing right. that their opponent probably doesn't want to pony up the legal fees. Right. Now, maybe there's a law school at the University of Houston. I don't know. But there still, is. they're going to want to get paid. And I assume there's trouble damages at the end of the day. If they lose, yep. do they want to pay the NFL's lawyer fees? That could probably bankrupt a college. So yep. they are using the bullying position of their wealth of their legal team, of the use of the law that forces you to hire someone to defend yourself when I don't think there's a lot of merit to their claim. It, it might be a closer call if they were selling a jersey hanging on a shelf somewhere. That, that right. might, even though I think Houston Cougars should still win that, you know, if it said Houston all on the front and the other one didn't right. say it. But when you're looking at the people on the field, and they're right. wearing their helmets. There's no likelihood of confusion. That's the Houston Oilers. You know what, Chris? Maybe I'm wrong on that. I remember I, some games the Houston Oilers played where they played like they belonged in college and in the Big fair, 12. So fair. maybe they're saying their product fair. is so crappy. That's how people are getting confused. But outside of the crappy play by the Houston Oilers, I don't see how anyone would be confused. 
I also let's go to trial. Okay. What reasonable prudent person are you going to pick? Right. If you pick anyone born after 1996, they're not going to know who the Oilers are. Right. Right. Institutionally us football fans that have been fans since the eighties and seventies, like we're going to know who the Houston Oilers are. But even if you were born in the late eighties, early nineties, unless you were, like, unless you were born at the end of the 70s, early 80s, I would say that the latest that I would say you could be born is 1985 and still have some memory of right. the Houston Oilers playing. All right, so you need to find everybody when this goes to trial who is at least 40 years old and older and say, you're now the reasonable, prudent person. Does this look like the Oilers? Up, yes, down, no. Because you get anyone younger than that, they're going to be like, oil. no, Houston is the Texans. Right, right, right. Not the Oilers. So here is some free legal advice if anyone listening here is from the Houston area <laughs> has some connection to the University of Houston. Let me give you some free legal advice, which isn't worth a hill of beans, but uh, put University of Houston on the front of it. That way it's clear. Yeah. You're not talking about the Houston Oilers. That'd be right. one change that you can make that won't cost right. you a dime that would really help a, that juror say, no, I wasn't confused. Clearly that's the University of Houston, not the Houston Oilers because it says university right on top of it. That's one change. Another change I would make, take out a stripe. I mean, I, yeah. I, there's some yeah, red yeah. and blue stripes on there. You take out one of them and no right. one is going to be confused. Some very simple changes you can make and still wear the powder blue. In fact, take out all the stripes and yeah. then it, it makes your case a lot more um, solid. I mean, and also like own your history, right? Like if the Houston Oilers, that's their colors. We're representing the history of Houston, man. We're taking, you know. There's, there's one thing that I love in rugby that I feel never really translated over to the NFL, which I really wish it would. One of the things about rugby is that you don't own your number. The number is your legacy. You are the steward of that number. Because huh. in rugby, your number delineates your position on the field. It isn't okay. like I, I get to choose to be number three. That's ah. my position on the field is I'm in the third position, which is a proper or, or a flank. So you, when you don that Jersey, when you put on that Jersey for number three, you're not Chris Marone, number three, I'm number three. No, you're every number three that has played for this team ah. and you channel or you, you pull upon the power of that legacy while you play rugby to be the best number three you could be in that time, because you have so many other, other players who've played that number that are pushing you to be the best you could be. And you have a stewardship over that number. Why couldn't it be viewed that way that university of Houston has a stewardship and over are, the legacy that was the Houston Oilers? And you're absolutely right. Because that paying homage to that respecting right. what the city is all about. That's not an element in copyright infringement. No, it's, it's not, not even a little bit. No, no, the issue is likelihood of confusion. Yeah, but you're I saying, know. hey, look, we have some powder blue on our uniform to pay right. homage to. That's okay. That's not a copyright violation. Right. It just needs to be clear when you look at it. It's not also the Houston Oilers. So right. again, I don't think it is because when you're looking at it on the field, you see the helmet, you see the entire package, you know, it's not the Houston Oilers, even though right. they might be paying homage or respect to the collar, to the city's traditions, to things like that. Nah. All right. Hey, uh, I don't have a good segue to transition to <laughs> this. Actually, I do have a, a transition. So speaking hey. of 
fleecing other people for money. Ooh. We have our next case. The Menendez uh, has been charged with bribery. So who yeah. is Menendez here? Chris, you sent me this article, but Bob Menendez is a state or not a state. He's a New the Jersey U senator. U.S. senator. Yeah. U.S. senator. That's way up there up top. And right. uh, he has been charged with uh, corruption. Uh, an indictment has been yeah. filed against him. And the facts of this indictment are our headline wild. material. This so is wild. amazing stuff here. So the FBI did a raid on at, at his house. So yep. here's what happened. He got married, I think, in 2020, 2019, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. His wife, I believe, has some Egyptian connections. He does. And based upon those connections, they got introduced to some business people there in Egypt. All right, those are the rough facts. Then right. we have the raid and what they found in his house, in his clothes, a half a million dollars of cold, hard cash. You don't have that at your house, Joel? I Christmas. thought that was pretty standard. When I look into my coat from last winter and I find a 20, I am on the moon happy. High-fiving people. If We're I going to Denny's. Let's go. If I find $500,000 stuff in my pockets... It's, it's going to be better than Denny's. Speaking of Denny's, they actually met at an IHOP. Did you oh. read that in the article? They met. Yeah. This senator I, and this his wife to be met at an IHOP. Who knew? Good for, who, I mean, love is love can be found anywhere. Well, I mean, and look, she's Egyptian. He's a U.S. senator. Why not? Like the International House of Pancakes. Can I do a side just, right now? Can I take an aside here from telling the let's story? Do it. Let's do it. Okay. Let's step I like off. to have some fun here. And I, it's about pancakes. I love pancakes. Chris, I, I know I'm I'm I am uh, probably in the minority here, but there is a oh. right way to make pancakes and then there is the 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 JV the wrong way. Okay. okay no, hit me with this. Okay. This, is, this is information I need. You, your pancakes have to be crispy on the edges. Don't be giving me some rubbery kind of pancakes. Mm. I don't know if you watch ESPN on the mornings, but they do this pancake thing where they're throwing pancakes around because some guy did a pancake block and nailed the guy. I think Jeff Saturday started it, but whatever. Those yeah. pancakes are tossing up in the air are rubber. There's no way a real nope. pancake can be tossed in the air like that. But that being said, don't give me your rubber pancakes. My pancakes have to be crispy on the edges. And if they're not crispy on the edges, they're not done correctly. I'm okay. not going to get off that soapbox. I just had, I I had to get that off my chest. No, I feel, no, this is a safe place, Joel. Good. All right. This so, this is a good place for that. Back to our story. They met okay. at an IHOP, International House of Pancakes. Which does not have crispy edged pancakes it at doesn't. all. It doesn't. That's what I'm saying. No. It doesn't. It's not I, a real, it's not I, a real pancake place. I don't go there anymore. When I went there, I realized this is crap. I'm mm -hmm. not going to pay. 13 14 bucks for crap so no i'm nope. not, not gonna do you come to my house you will get crispy edges to your pancakes i love this i'm gonna hold you to it okay by the way chris i gotta tell you how do you do that let me tell you the secret hit me it, it's not gonna be low calorie but you nope. take a i don't know what it's called but a tablespoon of butter there's a phrase for that little bit of butter you know yep when a, you just cut a little pat off a little pat little, yeah little, something yeah, like pad, that a little pat right. of butter you put that on your griddle and you let it sizzle and kind of melt, and it forms a little circle. You then put the pancake batter in the middle of that butter circle. So I don't make that big a pancake, you know, maybe about a bigger than a softball size, but whatever. Uh, and that way, the it's sizzling on the outer edges. It gets the outer parts of your pancake really nice and crispy. Oh my gosh. That's I, how you do it. For every I, pancake, I, I put a tablespoon of butter. I watched you do this motion where you lifted the pancake and you like dripped it down. 
I'm going to rock your world right now. Okay. I'm going to take you one step further. Cause I agree. Crispy edge pancakes are the way to go. So you take the pat of butter, you put it down, you get yourself a pancake gun, Joel, Ah. you get the pancake gun and you squeeze the handle and it drips the pancake down and it hits it dead center in the butter. And then it pushes out. So then that way the butter stays around okay the, the edges and it gives you an even crispness all the way around see that's and you can get one for 19.99 on amazon i bought one for liberty picnic but <laughs> hey, i'm telling you by next week i will give you a report as to mm-hmm. how the gun works I, I will give one i so i'm going so still on the side note i'm going to moab on a on a bros trip starting tomorrow and i'm cookie and so i'm doing pancakes on my flat three burner griddle okay. Right. And so I take the entire stick of butter and I just rub it on top of that until there's a nice layer of butter across all three burners. And then I just drop and go a little bigger than silver dollar size pancakes. Money just chef's oh, kiss. That's the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Crispy edges that has to at least triple the calorie intake of those um, pancakes. I'm fine I don't with know. that. But there that goes. being said, they met at the IHOP. Anyways, and then, sorry. Um, she basically then starts to work for these this Egyptian group of people. Mm-hmm. This uh, again, that's not that important for the, the, the purpose of this short story. And so then money started coming their way in exchange for this Senator Menendez creating favorable laws and you know yep. um, business Helping dealings Egypt. with yep. Egypt. And so they found $500,000 in cash stuffed into jacket pockets, closets, and a safe along with 13 gold bars. Two Beautiful. of them marked as one kilogram in weight. Now, Chris, I don't know how much that's worth. I, it, to me, it's worth an awful lot of money. I, do you have any idea how much a kilogram bar of gold is worth? Uh, no, but I'm Googling it right now. Thanks to the Google, the internet, you will now know the answer to this question. I can buy a kilo of gold right now for 70 grand. Okay. A kilo. What is that when it comes to kilogram? How many kilos in a kilogram? I think, is it one kilo, one kilogram? Okay. There you go. I see that's how little I knew. Uh, and so seventy thousand dollars per bar, so thirteen bars times seventy, yeah. and well, it's an awful lot of money in gold. Yeah, yeah. So the current gold standard says it's sixty-two thousand, according to Goldman and Sachs. Um, whereas a kilogram of silver is seven hundred and sixty dollars. Okay, so uh, the take on this is going to be wow. uh, you have bribery charges now being brought against Senator Menendez. And by the way, a, a case I didn't point out earlier, he is a Democrat. And so he is. That's, that, that's refreshing. Unfortunately, <laughs> he did not take the, the cues from the top Democrat as to how properly to take bribes. Menendez, don't be lazy. You form shell companies and you use your son. That's how you take bribes. You don't get kilos of gold bars in your house and $500,000 stuffed in your shirt pockets. Learn the the magic of shell companies. There you go, Chris, I said it. I'm gonna let you have that one. I'm I'm gonna let you. I, I gave you some, I gave you some rub during the Mike Johnson segment. So I'm just gonna let you have that one. There you go. I'm just that, gonna... That's how bribery is done. That's why you listen to this podcast. You got to do it the right way. All right. That being said, one other legal news before we jump into sports. We had a right. we had some comedy. I always like it when there's some comedy in oh, course. Like ma- yeah. 
maybe we should have a courtroom jester. I, I like to bill myself as the comedian of law, and so I like to do law and, and have fun. Why not have a courtroom jester? Well, we had some pure comedy coming out of Trump's civil trial there in New York. We've been following this civil trial. Well, Michael Cohen was called to testify this last week. We kind of hinted mm -hmm. the last couple of weeks he would be called sooner than later. He was called this last week. And during questioning was asked if Trump had ever asked him to inflate the, um, the, the numbers on his financial statements, to which Cohen said, no, Trump never asked me to do that. Trump then gets up, leaves the courtroom, holds a press conference. Why? That's what Trump does. Yeah, he can't speak in the court, so he has to go out of the court. He gives the best play-by-plays, right? He comes out, runs his mouth, and then goes back into the courtroom. Yes. He totally can't run his mouth anymore. So he then goes outside, and he declares the witness just admitted that we won the trial. <laughs> that, that might be an overstatement. Uh, I don't think that's what Michael Cohen said. I see his yep. legal argument there, but whatever. And he said, and mm -hmm. the judge should end this trial immediately. And then one of yep. Trump's lawyers uh, filed a motion for a directed verdict. And the judge said, absolutely denied. Okay, right there, this is this is a comical. This is a farce. What Absolutely denied? As if the judge is almost enjoying this as much as Trump. Now, I get why Trump is enjoying it, but the right. judge should maybe stay clear from the fray, don't you think? Well, I don't think that that Michael Cohen's testimony cleared Trump one way or another. We have determined on multiple occasions that Michael Cohen isn't exactly the most truthful of witnesses. But he's so, the state's witness. But hanging your hat... Uh, right, I get that. And... Trump hanging his hat on that Michael Cohen just to, like it's this weird thing with Trump where either Michael Cohen is a dirty rotten liar or he's like St. Peter telling the truth there's no in between for Trump on this one so when Michael Cohen says no Trump never directed me to overinflate his assets okay Trump runs out and goes look the angel Michael has appeared and he's on the stand and I'm innocent directed verdict dude like you're making Trump's making this as big of a circus as humanly possible because Free publicity. Let's point that out. So, Free so far today, Trump has been sanctioned by the court $15,000. Now, when he's mm -hmm. sanctioned by the court $15,000, that gets amazing coverage in the press. Chris, I don't even know how much that would cost. But as you just pointed out, he that's covered on CNN. It's covered on everywhere. Fox News. He gets tweeted everywhere. everywhere. Chris, any of you gets talked about on the Comedian of Law podcast. That's right? how big everywhere. a news this is. That's worth huge. millions, millions, huge news, huge news. For $15,000, that's a bargain when it comes to media coverage. And it's media coverage that Trump can dictate, right? right. How many media strategists have like begged Trump to just shut up? Yes. Just, just shut up, Trump. Just shut up. Everything will be fine. Just shut up. Is now he gets to go out there half cocked, no advisors, and just speak into this giant microphone. Because when any media person tells the story of the sanctions, they have to explain why the sanctions were issued because right. Trump said this. So Trump's statements get extra playtime. And so this is brilliant marketing. I think that's why this trial is even going on. I don't right. think Trump is, is really in danger here. Again, I don't even know why this trial is going on. The documents themselves state that both sides got to do their own research on this matter and they'll have their, they'll do their own investigation. Mm -hmm. No one relied on what Trump said on these statements. I mean, come on. First of all, 
yes, Donald Trump has been the president and we kind of have our own opinions based upon him because of that. But Donald yeah. Trump's been braggadocia Donald Trump for decades, right? And, and so mm -hmm. no bank is going to rely on Donald Trump's word and, and they wouldn't even rely on my word. They do their own audit. They do their own appraisal. That's how mm -hmm. these businesses are done. And so because of that, I don't think there's fraud. I think this is a, is a joke of a civil case. It's politically motivated. But that being said, it's also pure comedy. And so that's why Trump is just, he's attending trial. If this were a criminal trial, where his liberty was actually going to be at stake, he mm -hmm. would not be so glib, I don't think, with uh, oh, I think uh, his, his statements. Oh, I think he would. I I honestly believe that, and I think we've, we've agreed to this, that Donald Trump is a narcissist. <laughs> that must we do agree on. Right. Okay. And then I'll take it one step further, and most narcissists are sociopaths. I would and agree I, with that one, too. I think, I, he's a, I think he's a narcissistic sociopath. I think that he truly believes that he is untouchable and has done nothing wrong. And as such, he is going to act in a manner. So I think that if, if Trump was on trial for murder, if he like his, like his scenario was right, I could walk down wall street and shoot somebody in the head. Nobody's going to convict me. I think he would act the same way. You know what, Chris, I, I, I already said corrected because you are right on that. I do think you're right. Trump will talk no matter right. when and where if he, if there's a microphone near him, he will right. talk. And by the way, as Ben Shapiro likes to say, cool. two things can be true at one time. I do think these are all politically motivated prosecutions against Trump, mm -hmm. but I am no Trump fan. Go Nikki Haley. I want Nikki Haley to be our next president. And so I love your switch now. I love I longtime listeners of the podcast would know that Joel was a big DeSantis fan. And now Joel is on the Healy train and we're here for it. I, I was a, a, a Haley fan before I was DeSantis. I just went on the DeSantis train because mm -hmm. I thought he was the only option to Trump. And right. I, I did not want Trump to be the next president, right? Uh, or Republican like nominee. The, you don't like the lifts in his boots. That's what you don't like about DeSantis. He doesn't wear shoes. They, um, well, there, there's that. Plus, you know what? He's doing a good job in Florida. I now have a house in Florida. I want him to stay governing Florida. Uh, I, and he, I want Nikki Haley. Can I, he? I, and, I, and this is people a are moving question. to Florida by the, by the droves. No, and no. so they're leaving New no, York. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying, like, can he, like, get reelected? I don't know what the term limits, if any, are in the great state of Florida. I well, don't know. No, he only has just, four more years, but he would have yeah. those other two years. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just didn't know if he could continue. Cause no, no, he's done in four term years. Okay, cool. No, and I agree. My my uncles um, are New Jersey, New Yorkers, and they've moved down to Florida for tax purposes. They are, I mean, we could discuss the fact that my 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 uncles are a gay couple and they live in Florida and they're a little freaked out right now, but they should there not for, be. They're Florida there for is tax full of, of gay couples around there. Right. It, it, it's full of all kinds of couples because Florida is right. the best place. I, I do love Kansas, False. but I love Florida. Cannot wait to actually move down there um, permanently, <laughs> but we got to wait until after July of this year under IRS rules. And Chris, I am yep. nothing if not a rule of follower. So true story. That being said, I don't have a segue yet for our courtroom quarterback segment, <laughs> but I don't need a transition. Speaking of Florida, the Miami Dolphins this week are taking on your Kansas City Chiefs. There you go. Man, it's a perfect segue.
Chris, that is going to be my pick for this week. So let's just jump right in there. Oh, yeah, we let's want, do We this. want to talk some CFP, but let's just throw in the Miami Dolphins-Chiefs game. Because yeah. here's what I want to say about Game this. of the week, man. I am a huge Chiefs fan. I have probably watched every single Chiefs game since 1987. I mean, okay. since Marty Schottenheimer became the coach. Before that, I watched him with Marv Levy back when we had Joe Delaney. Oh, there's a name for you. One of the best running backs and best individuals. Do you know, do you know the Joe Delaney story? I don't. He's amazing. Go. We drafted this. him, uh, I believe, second round in the draft. He had over a thousand yards rushing for the Chiefs. An amazing running back. I got his rookie card. He was Ooh. my hero growing up. Then there was a two teenage boys who were Scott caught in some puddle, some pond there in Louisiana. He's from Louisiana. He jumps in the pond to save these boys. The problem is. NFL running back, all pro star Joe Delaney cannot swim. And so he drowned trying to save these two boys. He saved one of the boys. And so uh, he's always been my hero Uh, growing up. That's Joe Delaney. Uh, The point is I've been watching all these Chiefs games. Man, I really got on a rabbit trail. And so I can tell you the Andy Reid era, Andy Reid definitely coaches to the opponent he just does he's a master motivator and he knows that he wants his team peaking at the right times and that means the big games and it also means the end of the season as you're making your playoff push he i think he thinks that if he plays if he gets his team too riled up early in the season Mm-hmm. They maybe kind of peter out by the end of the season. I don't know what his thinking is. I'm just saying what I've observed. They will play down early in the year against mediocre opponents, but yeah. when they play a big game, they show up for the big game. Yeah. So, Chiefs fans, get off that cliff. This last week was just just discard it. Just write right. it off as Taylor Swift began her tour. And so the team was distracted. Mahomes had the flu. You can see his his reflexes were just a little bit off. And in the NFL, when your reflexes are a little bit off, that makes a huge difference. And uh, just forget about it. This week is the big game. You know it's a big game. I think the Chiefs are going to come with all guns blazing. And so the line here is what, two and a half points? Two and a half. It's a lock. Oh, I'm I'm with you. I am yes. absolutely with like the Dolphins. The Dolphins are great against teams that don't have a lot of substance. They obviously they dominated the Broncos, right? We're still going to talk about that all day long. But the Dolphins struggle against teams that are that are of substance. And yeah, Mike, uh, you know, big up, big up to Big Mike, man. That that guy has done a revolutionary job down in. In Miami, I love what he's doing with Tua, Tyreek, and the Tua connection. I think they're doing fantastic. I love seeing it, but I'm not. I'm. You're giving two and a half points to the Chiefs. I'm taking. I'm taking yes, it. I'm taking I, the Chiefs minus two and a half. That that is. I mean, I feel so good that I'm going to go to sleep tonight knowing that that's a good. That's a good pick. I should have replayed just because I'm a narcissistic sociopath like Trump is, I guess, but I should have replayed my <laughs> statements from last week. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? When I, my lock from last week, I guaranteed you, I think I'm going to quote now myself verbatim when I said, yeah. look, KU is playing OU. I don't care about the points. KU is lock. going to win this yes, game. You did, and they did. They won the you game. Did, you did, and they did. Yep. But I also, we have to points. remember, 
I I also have to refresh and rewind about the Colorado lock that you gave in. No, week we, two. we don't play it like that. We just mentioned the one the the, 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 the two right. times a day the blow the broke clock win, happens win, win, no matter to be the right what. time. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. I'm mm. not going to point out the, my losing record. Why bring up the losing <laughs> record, Chris? Why, why do why? that? Why would we do that? Why? Exactly. Yeah. Why? I'm such know. an extremist. Yes, exactly. That's my point. <laughs> okay. So I am going to take the Chiefs not All only right. to win this game, but also the Chiefs and Dolphins to go over the 50 and a half points because I believe mm -hmm. defenses will not show up for this game. I think the Kansas City is going to score 50. It's going to be a 50 to 1 battle. There you go. Okay, I'm not going that far, but I'm going to say I'm picking the over as well. I think it's going to be over 50 points. It's going to be an offensive marvel of a game, but I also think that the Chiefs are going to win by a touchdown. Like, it's just right. like it, it just makes sense, right? So here's something you might sense. not know is that the Chiefs actually are the NFL's designated franchise to be in Germany. That, that's kind of like our yes. international home base. Yes. You're going to play our yep. international games in Germany. We're trying to foster this relationship. So the Chiefs mm -hmm. have extra motivation to impress the home right. fans over there. Uh, and so I think they are going to, this will be the big game. Mm -hmm. Andy Reid circled this game at the beginning of the year. He reserved some plays for this game. You're going to see the merry-go-round kind of stuff, the twirling, the the whatever. Uh, something new is going to come out because they are going to bring their A game for this week's game to, to impress their new German contingency. All right. Do you know who the NFL designee is for London? I do not. I, they have a bunch of different teams playing in London, though, so I'm not sure they have one. Jacksonville Jaguars. Really? Jacksonville Jaguars owner was the one that negotiated the deal with the NFL and the stadium in London to play. So you will notice that Jacksonville Jaguars have played 11 games in London since the inception of it. They are the designee for London. It's kind of like Thanksgiving. You know, the Cowboys are going to play on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, you know, the Jaguars are going to play in London. There you go. I'm, that yeah, is good to back. know. And it's Perfect. also, they probably get better attendance in London than they do in Jacksonville. So they might be looking to move. That, that's a real possibility. Fair. That's absolutely fair. All right. Hey, do we want to continue with our picks or go back to the CFP rankings? Let's do CFP real quick, and then All we'll right. go to our picks. Let's talk a little bit about the CFP came out last um, uh, last night. And, yep. and so there's a, really no surprises. But I do, I do think you and I agree there is a couple takeaways from this list. And so let's just go over the list here. Ohio State came in at number one. That was a little bit of a surprise. Most people For thought reasons. it would be Georgia. But yep. Georgia came in at number two. Michigan, the sign-stealing people, came in at three. Florida State from the ACC came in uh, four, which was uh, a surprise to me. I'm, I'm, yes. That was the big shocker for me. Uh, Washington came in five as the uh, the last undefeated team from the Pac-12, and then Oregon, which is the number one one loss team, came in at yep. six, yep. followed by Texas, Alabama, and then Oklahoma. So clearly, the biggest news from the CFP ranking is that for the first time in its history. KU got a vote. I, oh. I don't know if it's 22, 25, somewhere in there. KU actually got a vote and is ranked in the CFP ranking. So rock, chalk, Jayhawk. All right. That's right. Number that, 21, ladies and gentlemen. But number that one in being said, my takeaway from this list is this. Chris, this just proves don't schedule anyone. No. I'm not sure any of these top four teams besides Ohio State has played a single decent team. So I'm no. not sure any of these rankings are worth a hill of beans, but they haven't scheduled anyone. Who has Michigan played? I saw that their Ball strength State. of schedule is like 111. 
yeah i i and I, I granted i don't understand college football as is right i was born and raised in california college football isn't as huge as it is in the acc or the sec so i get that that my life wasn't surrounded by homecomings and huge parades and and you know idolizing nick saban or you know whatever debo sweet stuff like that but why why aren't the best teams playing the best teams yeah right don't why why isn't ohio state's schedule looking like georgia michigan alabama clemson lsu washington why isn't why don't we have the best teams playing the best teams? And maybe it's because, you know, Ohio state needs to go to ball state. So that way ball state gets some money and some TV time and it helps them out and helps them grow. No, Chris, you know, but, just as well as I do, that's hogwash. They right, don't go so, to ball state to help ball state out. Why do they go right, to ball state to win? So they can to be get the W the easy, exactly right. to get the easy W. So I don't know. Like, sorry. I just, I'm, it bothers me because if Ohio state had a tough schedule, right? If they, if they had an insane schedule, then we would see real rankings, right? If, if Alabama, like Alabama's eight and who is Alabama played? Nobody. So what does that tell me about Alabama? You suck. This they, year. Played, they played one team that's ranked. It would be Texas. And look, that's how they got their one loss. So yeah, they right. beat nobody. Right. Uh, so like, look, let's look at that. Texas is, is there. I think that's seven. Alabama is eight. Oklahoma is nine. Right. Here's, here's the interesting thing. Why? I, one well, one more question before, yes. and I know you got a whole thing. If we're going off of a win loss record, Air Force is eight and zero. Oh. Right. Why isn't Air Force? I. You know what? I'm while you give your next segment, I'm going to see what Air Force's schedule is like, and if they played more caliber teams, higher caliber teams in Ohio State. I'm going to start a petition. And there is this thought of, oh, they're in the SEC or they're in the Big Ten, so they play better teams. Well, they're not. These conferences are so big and have so many teams, they don't have to schedule them against other good teams. So Alabama has yet to play a real SEC game. Michigan in the mighty Big Ten has yet to play a decent Big Ten team. Now, they will play uh, Ohio State by the end of the year. So what? You get one game, and then you get all the others are patsies. Yes, I included Nebraska in the patsies list. I mean, it is what it is. But yeah, they um, I, this this list here favors the idea that you don't schedule anyone. You get a powder puff schedule so you can have an undefeated record and be at the top of the rankings. So right here's one takeaway from that I have. I really think. The SEC trying to gobble up all these top teams is going to hurt these top teams because yeah. it's going to help the Big 12. Now, because since there is this emphasis on win-loss records being at the top, now mm -hmm. KU, K-State, Oklahoma State, they are going to be the cream of the crop in the Big 12. They are good yeah. national programs. They're going to be undefeated. It's going to be hard to keep them out of the, of the CFP. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and I was I was just looking at Air Force, and they were playing the same rinky-dink teams that Ohio State and Michigan played. So how are you going to keep them out? Right. How are you going to – like, if you want to have a competitive college football playoffs, be competitive. Like, be, be competitive. But you're not. So here's another thought. Chris, what do you value more? If you were watching and trying to evaluate some teams here – what would be more impressive to you? A quality win, so you beat a really good team, or 
a not so bad loss. You know what I'm saying? So let's take a look at this. Right. Texas, Alabama, Oklahoma. Texas beat Alabama. So therefore, right. Texas is ranked above Alabama. Alabama right. lost to, I do not remember now who Alabama lost to. Um, Texas. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Texas lost to Alabama. You're right. So then Texas lost to Oklahoma. So right. why then is Oklahoma ranked below Texas and Alabama when Oklahoma has the better win? Because Oklahoma right. beat Texas head to head. Right. And Texas beat Alabama. If so those three teams are all equal, Oklahoma has the best win of the three because they beat the highest ranked team. I always feel like CFP is that internet meme where the guy's like holding the cigarette and he's right next to the big board with all the red lines like going everywhere. And he's like, listen, like, I feel like we overcomplicate what's going on with, with the CFP. And it, yeah, I, I don't get it. And, and, and honestly, because I don't get it, it takes away from the fun. Yes. It, I don't, it, it, I don't care. I'm not as invested in college football anymore because the rules are weird and I don't care. Yeah. And if they all are just geared to favor the sec and put all the yeah. sec teams in, then half the nation's going to not care because like, you know what you're hurting college football. You're hurting right. the product. We like to root for our own you know, university. We're not all attending sec schools. And right. if you exclude us out, well, my, my interest is now is going to wane. All right. To zero. But my take on the CFP rankings is I do think it's going to help KU and K-State. Mark my words. As long so. as those two coaches don't do something stupid like leave for an SEC school, I think they're <laughs> going to rise to the top of the Big 12. K-State's already there. And yeah. then next year, they're going to be always at the top, and it's going to be a clear shot to the CFP. All right. Yeah. Let's tie, it's now time to go over our picks. We both are in agreement yep. on the Dolphins and Chiefs. So we either are going to be proven to be geniuses or idiots. Uh, what's your next take? I got Rams plus three over the Packers. Okay. I stayed I don't away know. from that game. I don't know why, but I just feel like betting against the Packers nowadays is just a good idea. It is. They are, they are a team in right. squad. I have no idea what's happening to the Packers. They're losing. They're not looking good. But right. The Rams, the Rams right. haven't exactly impressed anyone. But it's three. Like the... The game's going to go one of two ways, in my opinion. And I could be wrong. It happens a lot. Either the pack's going to blow them up, right? Going to just blow them out of the water. Or it's going to be such an uber close game that winning by three, it it, it double favors the Rams, right? right? Either either the Packers have to win by a touchdown or, or, or no, actually there's no or. The Packers have to win by a touchdown to cover this bet. I um I I saw that pick. Uh, I I actually had it on my list, and then I deleted yeah. it. I just, I talked myself out you. of it. Nah. All right. I'm gonna take Ravens five point five minus five point five over the Seahawks. Interesting. I think that the Ravens, you know, they they kind of got beat up a little bit, but I think they're gonna come back over Geno Smith and the uh, the Seahawks. I don't know. There's gonna be much performing there. The Seahawks kind of. I mean, they did dominate over the Cardinals, but it's Arizona and Dobbs got traded within minutes of losing that game. So yeah, I'm going to go with that. I'm right. going, it, uh, I'm going to leave my most controversial pick to the end. I got bills plus three over the Bengals. Interesting. I, I had the know opposite. Where the, I had the Bengals over the bills, right? I don't know where the bills and Bengals are at headspace wise. I, I feel like they're both kind of floundering this season. They're, they're not showing me a lot. So I'm just picking bills plus three because now, I, 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 I have to point this out, but aren't you a huge San Fran fan? 
Yes. Aren't they? They, they are your team, your hometown they, team. They are. Absolutely. So did you have a little blackout from last week's game when a certain Cincinnati Bengals throttled your hometown, San Fran 49ers? Yeah. It was but it, 39ers but, now. But if you 39ers, well played. But if you remember correctly, I think I took the Bengals. I'm sorry. Have you blacked out that game? I, I, I'm scrolling back up here in our chats here, and I did not. I did not. Luckily, I didn't wait. I think because I was going to pick the Bengals, and I couldn't bring myself to doing it. I <laughs> Brock Purdy had his first loss two games ago. He was – Debo was still out. Christian McCaffrey was still a little injured. And Brock Purdy coming off his first loss, going against the Bengals, I didn't think they were going to perform. And okay. I was right. So but you got the Bills. I got the Bengals. But I'm saying the Niners are going to perform this week. Boy, howdy, let me tell you. Who are they playing, the Bears? Uh, they're on a bye week this week. There you go. They're <laughs> better than the Bears. They're on the bye week this week. Not much better, but the chances <laughs> are a little bit better, yes, of not losing. All right, I'm going to take the Jets plus three over the Chargers. Okay. Just going to go with it. There's no rhyme or reason on this one, kids. Um, I, like, I like the Jets. The Jets have some energy I, right now. Right. Zach Wilson's he's playing up. I mean, you're seeing Aaron Rodgers practice. He's actually participating in the team and leading out. I think the Jets could take the Chargers that are kind of laying a nothing burger right now. Chargers are floundering. They are. The Chargers aren't doing great. So I'm gonna go with the Jets. I could be wrong. All right. Um, I think my 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 lock bet um besides the Chiefs is the Saints 7.5, you know, over the Bears. Okay. I think I think Derek Carr is going to pull something out here. Are we both um, amazed that the uh, Raiders beat the Bears in firing their coach? They absolutely did. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Bears are, a mess. Did. Bears are an absolute mess. Oh, I mean, they have an undrafted quarterback, and then they got a quarterback that can't do anything. So have fun, Bears. And then right. the controversial pick of the week. Controversial. You're hearing it here first. Cowboys plus three over the Eagles. That's an interesting one. I my, If my memory serves me right, last year, the Cowboys beat the Eagles when mm-hmm. they sat, or they yep. sat, when Dak Prescott was injured and they yeah. played Cooper Rush. I'm not certain of that, but they I did. think Cooper Rush performed better against the Eagles last year. This year, unfortunately for Dallas, Zach is healthy, but you're still but, taking uh, the Cowboys with Dak over the Eagles. I don't know why. I, I don't know. I can't. I can't confirm it. But I just feel like the Eagles are due for a loss this week. It's your gut. You, it's you the had. gut. All right. It is the gut. Well, right. I, I uh, on that game, I am taking the over of forty six because I do think Ooh. both teams will light it up. I don't know what is going on with Dallas's vaunted defense. They are not showing yeah. up, and so I think I'm going to take the over on that one of forty six. Uh, Pittsburgh over Tennessee. I think Pittsburgh is. Yeah. They need this win, and I like. I think they're coached very well. And Tennessee also is a floundering program. I already told you I'm taking KC minus two and a half over the Dolphins, plus the over fifty and a half. And uh, here are my three college picks. So these are going to be my locks for the week. Ooh, I love this. K State over Texas. I, I just I. I I, my heart wants this. I want so badly for Texas to lose. That's kind of um, clouding my judgment here. Yeah, but it is. K State has something going. Let me tell you what K State has going for it right now. They have a senior-led quarterback okay. in Howard, who I think is going to be a first-round draft pick. He has the NFL body. He has NFL talent. He struggled there for a couple weeks. He has now found his rhythm. He is hitting his receivers, and so you have a senior-led quarterback. 
Also, you have a freshman phenom in Avery Johnson playing quarterback. How do you have two different quarterbacks on your team? Well, it's usually a recipe of disaster. There's an old adage. When you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Well, yeah. I think the exception applies here because they are different quarterbacks. Avery Johnson is lightning fast. I think they say he reaches mm -hmm. 21, 22 miles per hour on the outside. When he gets his head of steam going, he is a fast dude and he creates all kinds of matchup problems for the defense. So who are they going to prepare for Avery Johnson? or Howard who can throw the ball on a dime. And so right. they're going to create huge matchup problems for their opponent. If one quarterback is not working, you go with the other one. Also, the reason why I think this wins, this works, there's no real controversy about who the actual leader of the team is. It's undoubtedly okay. the senior quarterback is the leader. They're just throwing in this wrinkle to mess with the defenses, and it is working. And so I think K-State, I'm hoping, can uh can beat Texas straight up, but I get four points to boot. Okay. Here, here's another one. Georgia four. minus 15 and a half over Missouri. Now, here's why I like this pick. Wow. The national storyline right now is how this is going to be a close game. Missouri played them really close last year. They were okay. it was a close game. In fact, Missouri beat them for 39 and a half minutes and lost in the last half minute, and Georgia steal the stole the victory last year. So they're saying that means it's going to be a close game this year. Not so fast. I think that's going to have the opposite effect. I think Georgia is going to be PO'd about what happened last year. Last okay. year was in Columbia, Missouri. This year will be in Georgia. Okay. So it's going to be a home game. I think Georgia is going to run rough shot over the Missouri Tigers. Again, Chris, is that my my heart? Because I can't stand Missouri that much. I Maybe. don't know. It is possible. But it's going to be enjoyable to watch. But my last lock. Nebraska minus three over Michigan State. Nebraska has it going right now. Good Folks, for them. If you're not on the bandwagon, jump on before it's too late. By the way, did you watch last week's Nebraska game? No, sir. I was watching the World Series. I, you shouldn't have. You should have watched Nebraska. <laughs> but I was watching the Nebraska game. They have like 370 straight sellouts. It's a record. Have you heard about that record? Yes, you brought it up Since last year. 1962, they've yep. sold out every single game. Well, there in the end zone was an entire section, no fans. We wouldn't recall bogus on this, this sellout streak. No, you can sell out. It just people don't show up. Here's the, it's not that people aren't showing up. They're getting a corporate buyer out there who normally yeah. would donate money to the university, and they're saying, hey, Instead of you know giving us this money, why not buy, buy these tickets the from us? Yep. It's, a, it's an entire section that Empty. there wasn't a single blessed fan in there. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I don't know. I'm a huge Nebraska fan, but come on. Yeah, come that, on. That, that's pretty that being said, I then went and looked because I'm I'm going to go here in a couple of weeks, November 11th, to the Nebraska Maryland game. I'm planning on going. Veterans Day. If you, you want to go. go, give me a call, and we'll ride up together right now. Maybe my friend's going to go with me, but, you know, he's, he's on the fence. I looked up StubHub for tickets in that section that I'm talking about. Yeah. Do you know how much tickets are going for on StubHub? 100 bucks, 120 bucks. $15. They're giving them away. That's what I'm saying. A okay, little okay. bit of a joke here on the sellout street. They have a, clearly an entire section. No one wants those seats. 
I'm willing mm-hmm. to pay 15 bucks for them. Get in, to watch yeah. the game, be in the environment, and eat myself some, a couple of runzas. And so there that being go. said, Nebraska here is playing Michigan State University. I think Michigan is on the, I mean, Nebraska is on the right track here. They have the real coach. Their coach is the real deal. They play better in the fourth quarter than they play earlier in the game. And so Nebraska, get on this gravy train now. Uh, It's only a three-point spread. I think they cover that against Michigan State. Because Michigan State, they fired their coach. For reasons. We've already talked about it. And reasons. I, it's an invalid firing, other than he's just <laughs> clearly too stupid to be an NFL or a, a, a college head coach. But that yeah, being yeah. said, it's a team in disarray. And I will throw in this little bit because I know we got to get going here. Uh, yeah. and, and so, actually, I will, I'll save my little take on Michigan State's next head coach for next week. All right. I love Chris. it. So, have a great week, and we will see you next week. And go Chiefs and go Big Red. Go Big Red. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a complete and utter mess. Sean Wynn and 15.5 Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for our marketing efforts. And Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Tribe. Plus City Marketing for our technical and computer support. Mm-hmm.